you. We thank you because you're here. We thank you because you're calling us. And God, I just want to say, I thank you because you're a good father. You're really good. That is who you are. I just want to start singing it. (laughs) He is good. It is who he is. He's faithful. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We ask that today you would speak to our hearts. We ask, Lord, that there would be uh, a change take place. I ask that there would be breakthrough. I pray that the lights would come on if there's something we're missing or maybe something we're doing well, and you just want to pour gasoline on it and make it do even more. God, I just pour that, I pour that out right now as a prayer. I ask that you would do that today. It's my offering. I ask for that, God. God, I ask for breakthrough in our church, breakthrough in our city and our families, God. I pray there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation here, Lord, that we may know you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Got a couple of things I'm, I'm thinking, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys do this. I know we have, we have a lot of people that do listen to the podcast, so if that's you and we don't see you here on Sundays, thank you for listening. I really, I really do appreciate you listening, and we love you guys. And again, we pray God blesses you, and I feel like I'm looking right at you, looking back at the computer where you're being recorded. But I know who you are, and uh, we just bless you. And we pray that God does great things in your family. Um, I want to see breakthrough. How many want to see like breakthrough? We say that word, but like, I think we should define it a little bit better. Breakthrough is like, oh, it could mean anything. Like, God, I just want breakthrough. Well, the Bible says that we have not because we ask not. And when we ask, we ask for our own desires. And I also think that sometimes we have not because we ask vague prayers. God loves to answer specific prayers. He loves it. We're reading a book. Uh, some of our leaders are reading a book right now called The Circle Makers by Mark Batterson. And the Lord loves it when we put a circle around something and say, God, this is what I'm asking you for. I'm asking you for breakthrough in my sons and my daughters. I'm asking you to bless them. I pray that my sons, this is what I pray for my family, that they would know you, that they would know your ways, that they may walk with you. Every night when I tuck them into bed, I pray the same things, and I add things that, uh, you know, the Lord gives me through the day. But there are some things I pray every night over them. And the first thing is, God, I pray that you give them a heart to know you, that they may know your ways, that they may walk with you. I pray that they would love you all the days of their life. I pray that they would carry on the Patterson family tradition. (laughs) And I'm putting a circle around the things that matter. And so when I say I want breakthrough, can I tell you what, what that looks like to me? Uh, this may be really different today. That's fine. I don't, I don't really have to teach the notes. We'll read the scripture here um, because it, it, it's exactly where we're going. But this is what I see. A few years ago, we had a vision um, of this room, of our church, filled with people pursuing the Lord and hungering for them. And <clears throat> I, I don't think the Lord shows us things or entices us with things to to move us a specific direction i think that he shows us things and and reveals things to us because he wants to give them to us in in our reading here in a minute it does say it is the father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom i mean know that scripture it's the father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom 
Like he wants to give this to us. And so if he wants this, and if I say I want it, then what's the space between what he wants and what I say I want and what we're experiencing right now? And I think that it has to do with hunger, and I think that it has to do with where our treasure is. And, and I, I really want to, I guess, challenge our church and kind of tell you what I expect. I expect to see this room full of people pursuing the Lord. That's what I expect. Nothing less will satisfy me. I expect it to be so loud when we worship God that we can't hear what's going on on the stage. What? I've seen this before. I know I'm right at the end. I'm at the edge. I'm at the end of my rope right here. This is about as far as I can go. <laughs> we've seen these things before. We've, we've experienced it. Some of you have been to some of our special services we've had through the years when, when people came out. It was a special night and uh, other churches joined us. And what it felt like in this room when we all went after the Lord together. Like that's supposed to be our normal. We, we should do that all the time. And, and you guys have been, you know me long enough. My goal is not to say we have so many people in our church. My goal is to say that however many people in our church, every one of them is going after the Lord with their whole heart. If it's 40 people, then they're all pursuing the Lord with their whole heart. If it's 400 people, they're all pursuing the Lord with their whole heart. You know, it, the number does not matter. It's the, the heart crying out in pursuit for God that matters. And I know that when we do this, if the few of us in this room now will pursue the Lord like never before with, with recklessness, with radical obedience, the Lord will add his favor and his grace upon our efforts upon our pursuit and he will cause us to be um, enticing to other people he will cause us to be infectious and he will cause other people to want to know and experience what God has for them I know this to be true I've been seeing testimonies and I I don't want to share all these testimonies today Um, every week something different the Lord's been doing a breakthrough and where someone's being ministered to and I get to be right in the middle of it I, I won't even share names uh, publicly, but there's someone that works at our school, um, and this, this week, the Lord set up, maybe I will share it, yeah, let's do this. I mean, you know the baseball player Juan Gonzalez? He was my favorite baseball player growing up. I wore number 19 because of Juan Gonzalez. I wanted to, th- I loved his power and his ability to bring in the RBI, bring in b- base runners. He was amazing. He was the best at that in his time. But I loved it when he would throw someone out at third base or home. I just He had a rifle for an arm, and I was like, I love Juan Gonzalez. Well, about a month, six weeks ago, Mandy sends me a text, and she's like, I look up from my desk, and there's this huge man, and he introduces himself as Juan Gonzalez. And I was like, the Juan Gonzalez? She was like, no, this guy's really young. I was like, you know he has a son, right? She's like, well, maybe. We'll come to find out. Juan Gonzalez Jr. works at our school now, right? <laughs> he's like 23, 22, 23 years old. And he's this amazing, humble, huge man. He's like 6'3", 250 or something. I don't know. He's a big man. Like I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> but he's so humble and he's so sweet, right? Well, Thursday, we're at the school, and we're doing carnations for PTA fundraiser for the kids. And one of the ladies there... Um, she's like, uh, yeah, I, did, I was talking to Juan today. They're like, you know who Juan is, right? She's like, no, Juan, Juan Gonzalez. I was like, it's Juan Gonzalez Jr. She's like, get out of here. No way. I'm like, yeah, it's his son. And so she's like, that's crazy. He doesn't even tell people that that's his dad. He just, 
if they ask, you'll tell them, but it's no, it's no big deal to him, right? I was like, well, his dad kind of disappeared from baseball because he felt like he was mistreated when the whole steroid thing came out. He was named in the Mitchell Report, and he felt that he felt he was done wrong, and he felt like the Rangers did him wrong when they traded him. He didn't want to leave here. And so he's kind of disappeared from the public eye. As a matter of fact, when he was inducted to the Rangers Hall of Fame, Juan Gonzalez Jr. was the one who received a reward for his dad. His dad didn't even come. And so she's like, I didn't know that. So she goes home, and she tells her husband the story. She's like, you won't believe this. Juan Gonzalez Jr. And so it's a really cool thing, right? All us baseball nerds. <laughs> I know Belinda and I are like, yeah. Juan so she's telling her husband, long story short. You're like, no, it's not really that short. <laughs> she tells her husband the story that he works there, and he's like, you know what? My sister was one of the first bat girls for the Rangers. And he left his batting helmet, and she has it, and she's had it for all this time. One of his batting helmets from when he played. And, and she's like, what? He's like, well, let's, let's wrap it. Let's take it to him and present it to him tomorrow. So all this conversation, I, I get to be right in the middle of all this. This is really cool. So Mandy, I don't know this is going on. The, the lady went home, and I didn't talk to her till the next day. Mandy sends me a text and says, oh, my gosh, tears. I was like, what? What is happening? What's going on? She's like, they just presented Juan Gonzalez, his father's batting helmet, and today was his birthday. No one knew it was his birthday. And he's wearing, he wore his dad's jersey to school Friday. He's wearing the old white with the cursive rangers across it. I was like, oh, that's the sweet. They need to go back to that. And they presented to him, not knowing it was his birthday, his father's batting helmet. And he's got tears in eyes and everyone. And, and I was like, oh, that is so cool. Why did I tell that story? Because the Lord sets up these things where through conversations, favor comes into it. We want, we, Mandy and I, we want to see a breakthrough in the school, so we talk about the Lord. We talk about, when, when things come up, what we think matter, we talk about it. And this other lady, her name's Kelly, she and her husband are, are also believers. They attend uh, uh, Fielder Baptist Church, and they're, they're amazing people. And so the, the word of the Lord was on this thing, and it set this whole thing up. It was a prophetic experience. It would not have happened if people that weren't hungry for the Lord didn't look for opportunities to show the love of God. The whole reason this family did this was because they wanted to show God's love to, to one. This stuff has been happening all the time lately. I mean, crazy stuff like this where I'm running into people or there's something woven into a conversation from the week before that God's setting me up for this. Why does this matter? Because the goodness of God entices people to pursue him. All right? Are you guys still okay? If our treasure is seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and his goodness, then all the things that we have need will follow us. And if our treasure is his goodness and we anchor ourselves to his goodness, then everywhere we go, everything that we do, everything that we're part of will be flavored with his goodness and will cause people's lives to come alive. There's more backstory I didn't share on this. That It's, it's amazing testimony of what God's doing in this situation in, in the school. And, and uh, next thing, we're having a meeting. There are kids at the school that literally full-on throw fits. I'm talking about hitting teachers, breaking teachers' noses, kids that are out of control. Uh, Matthias is, uh, and Joe both had the same teacher, and the kid throws a fit, and he headbutts her and breaks her nose where she has to have plastic surgery and reconstruction on her nose. 
These are kids at the school. They're troubled kids. Some of them speak in other voices, demonic kind of stuff. I mean, like stuff you see in movies. Throw themselves around, roll around on the floor, slither like snakes, all kinds of crazy stuff at the school. And so we're right in the middle of this, and everyone, I was elected PTA president for one reason, because I was the perfect woman for the job. <laughs> no. They they literally said, we want your husband on campus more. That's it. That's why they asked me. Not because I was qualified, because I wasn't. <laughs> Not because I was the best person for it, because I probably wasn't. They wanted me on campus so that we could change the atmosphere. I walk into a room, a kid's running across the computer table, hits a teacher right in front of me, and I step in, I'm like, uh-uh, you don't hit, we don't treat women like that. Shut up, old man. <laughs> You look like you're a hundred. I was like, I am a hundred. <laughs> I just got down like Batman voice, and I told him, I am a hundred. So this has been—they've been noticing that I've been stepping in and trying to say, "Hey guys, this is not how we treat women. This is not what we do. This is not who we are." So the fifth grade teachers a week ago, they say, "You know what? We need you to come. We need to set this up where you can come speak to all the boys." And you get to talk to them about how to treat people. How awesome is that? I didn't pursue that. I didn't ask for that. I'm probably not the best person for that. But I'm there. And because I'm pursuing the Lord, because I want to see breakthrough and change in people's lives, the Lord has caused favor to follow. Why am I saying this? Because as you pursue the Lord, the favor of the Lord follows you. And it entices people to partake of what life source the Lord has put inside of you. Does that make sense? Let go to Luke chapter 12 and we'll we'll do this. Somehow I I'll pull it up from my phone. I I I tell these stories because when we tell them it's testimony is a spirit of prophecy. And I love the feeling in the room when you hear a testimony because I felt all of you excited about what God was doing. I felt you like, oh, that's cool they did that for one. Or, oh, that's cool that you have a chance to speak to the boys at the school. I felt that because I know that you desire to see the city transformed. I, I feel by your expression and by your response to this that you want to see good things happen to people. And so because you want that and because God wants it, we will see it. So there's, there's some things let's address real quick. Luke 12, verse 22. And Jesus said to his disciples, For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life. We can just stop there. Don't worry about your life. If you're worried about your life right now, don't. Stop. Don't worry about what you will eat, nor for your body, as to what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor they reap. They have no storeroom. They have no barn. And yet God feeds them. Think about that. How much more valuable are you than birds? Are you more valuable than birds? Yes. And which of you by worrying or by scheming or by planning or by stressing out can add one single hour to your life? Anyone ever tried? <laughs> if then you cannot do even a very little thing, 
then why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor they spin. They don't sow, is what he's saying. They don't know how to make their own clothing. Yet I tell you this, that not even Solomon, in all of his glory, was clothed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and gone tomorrow, and thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? And then he says, you have such little faith. Oh, ye of little faith, you men of little faith, do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying. For all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows the things that you need. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you His kingdom. That's good stuff, right? And then so here's what he tells them. So don't worry about your stuff. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry. Sell your possessions and give it to charity. <laughs> Make yourselves money belts which do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near nor moth destroys. Matthew says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupts and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and rust don't corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. For where your, say it with me if you're reading along, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we're going to finish with this, all right? This morning we did, we had transformation class. And the lesson was so good, I was so tempted to just do it again. The discussion and the things that we talked about. So I want to add to the end of that. Transformation is not an end thing. When you say yes to the Lord, when you say yes to God, we're transformed and we continue to be transformed. It's not an end result. It's a process. And the way we're transformed is by the renewing of our mind. And what, what we talked about and what the Lord has been showing me this is that my values, the things that I care most about are my treasure. And if I say, I use this example, but if I say that I want my family to do well and I want to invest in my family. See, we don't spend time with our family. Because what happens when you spend something? It's gone. But what happens when you invest something? It has a return. We invest time in our family. If I say that I want to invest in my marriage or I want to invest in my family, yet every chance I get, I do something else for me, my treasure is me instead of my family. And no matter what I say with my mouth, my choices expose what I really care about. Can we dig for a minute? This is a message for us, the bridge. Is it the Lord's will for families to come to the bridge and be saved, healed, and delivered? Is that the Lord's will? Where families do well. I mean, where families that are used to living up to a certain standard, maybe even financially, the Lord helps them to break through into a new area of, of blessing. Maybe, there, maybe there's a generational health issue in a family, and they continue to, to be sick and sick 
and sick and it's their kids are sick. Maybe the Lord could bring us into an opportunity to bring breakthrough where they break sickness and infirmity off of their family. Is that possible? Is that the Lord's will? He wants this for them. So that's the Lord's will. What is our desire? I want the same thing he wants. How many would say you want what God wants? So if God wants this and I say that I want it, I said this early, what's the space between? It's the choices we make. It's our choices. Our choices have to back up what we say we value. And if our choices don't match up with what we say we value, they reveal our real treasure. For where our treasure is, our heart is. And the things that we value, the things that we treasure, are the things we'll spend our money, our time, our energy, and our passion on. And if we want to know where our treasure is, the things that we really care most about, all we have to do is look at what we spend our money on. Ouch. <laughs> look at what we spend our time doing. Look at what we give our effort to. And that will tell us what our treasure is. So if God's will is for Arlington or for the city that you live in to be transformed, to see his goodness, because he's good. He's not an evil father. He's not angry with man. He's not angry with our sin. Hello? He hates sin, but he's not angry with us. He hates sin because it separates us from life. So he's not mad at the world because they do what we call sin and what he calls sin. He's not mad at, our, he's not mad at us for the, for, for the sin that we do. He's mad because it separates us from what he has for us. And he makes war with anything in our life that is at war with his purpose for us. So we really need to get this message deep inside of us. And I, I think we've done this really well over the years, that God is good, he's in a good mood, he's not angry with mankind. So we need to change our tone as the church. God's not angry. He's not angry with you. He's really not. He wants breakthrough. He wants to see you prosper. He wants to do, you to do well. If that's God's desire. And if that's the church's desire, then our choices need to line up and begin to look differently. We're, we're not what our potential is. We're not what we say we are. We, are. we are what we choose to do or do not do. Ouch. I want to be debt free. Yet I spend money like it's. <laughs> yeah, like it's raining. I was thinking of impractical jokers, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh. this is me I tell my wife I really want to be healthy <laughs> what a joke what a joke she doesn't even believe me anymore you can say that all you want and you don't do anything about it why? because my choices reveal my treasure always I can say I want my business to grow but if everything I do is to put the brakes on and keep it just as it is, then I don't want my business to grow. Ouch. Choices. Decisions. They define us. They literally define us. Everybody still okay? That's basically all I have. I don't have to keep talking just to fill the time.
I hope I want it to be. And <clears throat> I know this is not the definition of insanity. <laughs> it's not. But we can't do what we've always done and expect different results. That is stupid. We'll close with this. <clears throat> Chris Valentin said this. I shared it in transformation class this morning. You are not who God believes you are. You are not who you believe you are. But you are who you believe God believes you are. You are not who God thinks you are. You're not who you think you are. But you are what you think God thinks you are. It's a tongue twister. It's a riddle. But it's true. See, God has a purpose attached to every person ever born. And it's our choice whether or not we align with that purpose or not. And then we also have our own purposes and plans. Proverbs says that many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. The Lord's purpose will prevail. And the Bible speaks of how men plot in vain. Because it doesn't matter what I think. What really matters is what I think God thinks. Because if I can bring what he thinks into partnership with what I think, or vice versa. If I can bring what I think into partnership with what he thinks, then I can experience what he has planned for me. We have, we've changed kind of how we've been praying in our home. And we're crying out to God for breakthrough. We're crying out to God for change. We want change. I want change in our church. I, I, I'm a young man, but I'm getting older. I was once but young, and now I'm old. <laughs> I'm a young man, I'm getting older. And I want to be part of revival, period. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that means, that's what I'm giving my life to. And as, as straightforward as I can say this, the Bridge Church, we either give ourselves to revival or we cease to exist. That's as straightforward as I can put this. We either see revival 
or we will not exist. Because if we just meet to have church, if we just meet to have our needs met, see, we're ministers. We minister to God, we minister to ourselves, and we minister to others. Three things. We are made, we're in, when we say yes to God, we're in the kingdom, and now we've become a kingdom of kings and priests where we can minister to God, minister to ourselves and to others. If we are not ministering to God, and if we are not ministering to others, and we are only ministering to ourselves... then everything revolves around us and we begin to worship ourselves. If I worship God and I minister before the Lord and then I also minister to myself but I don't minister to other people, then I deceive myself and my religion is worthless, the Bible says. Because this is something we give away to people. And if I minister to myself and I minister to other people but I don't minister to the Lord... I burn myself out because I have nothing to give. I've come to this realization as a minister. I've been preaching the gospel since I was seven years old. 33 years I've been doing this. It doesn't seem like it today, but I've been doing this a long time. 33 years. And this is what I realized three months ago. Anything that I say up here or as a minister is only true because God said it's true has nothing to do with me. I, I literally cannot do this apart from Him. So if I'm trying to minister to myself and to others away from the Lord, then I, I'm falling apart. I will burn myself out. I've, I have nothing to give. It means if we come into the kingdom, then we have to minister to God, to ourselves, and to others. It takes all three. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge our church that unless we pursue revival in those three areas, personal revival, Revival in our culture, revival in my ministry to God, then what, what are we doing this for? Honestly, I mean, I really mean that. So let's go for it. Let's change. Let's let's bring breakthrough. Let's marry our actions and our choices with what we say we believe. And if the belief system is wrong, let's repent and get a new thought. Let's repent and ask the Lord to put a different idea inside of us. Everybody still okay? I feel like I'm talking to, to, to the tops of your head. So many heads are down. I just, I, sometimes it's really hard. to. Sp- it's just hard. I, I want to see. I want to feel what's going on. Like, I'm hungry for God. Like, and we've been praying this cry out to God. Will you pray with me? Will you pursue revival with me? Will you look for opportunities in your workplace to show the goodness of God? Not to preach and tell people to turn or burn. Don't, if you're going to do that, shut your mouth. <laughs> Put your hands over your mouth. If that's the way we represent Christ, then don't do it. You're giving everybody a bad name. Love, 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 love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Love, love gives itself for people. Will you do this? Will you look for opportunities? Will you invite people to come into a relationship with the Lord in your workplace? Will you do it when you're at the grocery store? Will you invite them to church and say your family can become healthy and whole? That's really what we're about here. You know, a lot of things on our website, everything's going to change very soon because I feel like it doesn't represent the, the, the true vision that I have. I... I want everyone to be healthy and whole. That's honestly Mandy and I's life, life vision is we want people to be healthy and whole the way God sees them. And so if you, if you know people that are, that, that are struggling, their marriage is struggling, they're all over, let's go, let's fix this. Let's work together. Let's help them out. All right. Well, Father, I love you. And 
I'm going to give this my best shot. <laughs> I'm not going to give you seconds. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to our church as only you can. You're the great revealer of truth. (laughs) Yeah, you want to stand? I just want to pray. This is kind of how we ended our class. And I want you to join and pray whatever's on your heart. But I'm going to pray for transformation in our church. I'm going to pray for revival. I'm going to pray for fire to burn inside of our bellies. So I want you to pray with me. We're going to close in prayer. If you need prayer, come to the front here in just a moment. We want to pray for you. We believe that God heals the sick. He heals the broken heart. He just does. And so you want prayer. We want you to come to the front. But let's just... Make this a place of prayer right now, all right? Father, we we need you. And, you know, I I keep just repeating it. It's it's just what I feel. I want breakthrough. I want transformation in my church. I want it in my family. God, I just declare your faithfulness over this house. Lord, I I declare your faithfulness in in our choices and our decisions. We call on our history with you. You said you would shake everything. That can be shaken. So Father I ask that you would shake our beliefs. So that only what is yours will last. I ask that you would open our eyes. Would you just put your hands over your eyes. And ask the Father to open your eyes. Father open my eyes. Give me eyes to see Father. (laughs) Give me eyes to see Father what you see. We do it with your ears, God. Open my ears. Let me hear, God. Not not the ability to hear noise, but help me to hear purpose, motive, intention. Let me hear how things are really supposed to be. God, I ask that you would teach me that I may see and I may hear. I don't want to be of those that you said would be ever hearing never understanding, ever seeing, but never perceiving. God, I ask that you would awaken the Bridge Church, awaken every person here, awaken everyone on the podcast, awaken our families to see and to hear in the spirit realm. God, you've given us scales to weigh things, and I ask that you would help us to use them. They're not a decoration to go on our desk or our family table. You've given us all the ability to weigh things, what's important, what's not important. And God, I ask right now that you would help us to become better and more diligent at weighing things and seeing what's valuable and what's not valuable. And when we find something that's valuable, I ask we would do more of that. When we find something that's not valuable, I ask that we would do less of it. God, help us. Our city deserves an encounter with you. How many believe that? Our city deserves to see how good you are, God. 
And you have chosen in your wisdom and in your all-knowing ability, you have chosen the church to display you on the earth. It's your plan, and it's a good plan, God. Regardless of our biases and opinions of how the church has, has acted in the past, we will be beautiful, and we will look just like you when you come back. So, Father, I ask that you would help us as your church to shake off the religion, to shake off the old old legislation to shake off the judgmental attitude again you never gave us the authority to judge other people you gave us the authority to judge ourselves so god i ask that you would help us as the church to wake up and shake off the attitude and shake off the the frustration with 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 sin that can't even do anything to us (laughs) help us god to represent you well I pray that people would see your love in our eyes. I pray that you would give us creative ideas to display your love. I pray, Lord, that you would give us prophetic words and words of knowledge and words of wisdom to give to people. I pray, Lord, that when we do say to someone, God bless you, that there's a weight behind it that's different than we've ever felt before. That we, that we really know it's true and, it, and, and we have the authority to say it. <sighs> hey church, I know this and I wanna, I'll say this. Growing up as a pastor's kid, my, my family time often was church time. And, and as I got older, I was like, man, I really hated, hated that. I don't want to do that again, and, and I don't. But you know what I did learn? That when we look after what matters to the Lord, he looks, at, he looks after what matters to us. And, and, yeah, I look back, and, I mean, I think I fell asleep in church more than I did in my own bed. That's probably really true. Or I fell asleep on the way home from church. We had church all the time. And... Our family is awesome. We've got our faults. I mean, I, I can, I've got as many faults. We've we got our faults in our family, but my brother, my sister, and myself, we love God because our parents showed us. It, it's awesome to serve God. It's not ridiculous. It's not overbearing. It's, it's not a task. It's honestly a pleasure. And I learned from that that when we take care of when we mind to and and care to care after what god cares about he always does a better job of caring what matters to us caring for what matters to us always he goes he's better at it so i want to i want to say this if you're worried and if you're concerned about what you eat and what you drink and what you wear what your kids will wear and whether or not they're gonna feel like they have a great life because they live in an apartment or a house that doesn't matter your kids aren't going to grow up. I'm saying this not just for me, but for other people. Your kids aren't going to grow up and, and despise, uh, despise you and family because they lived in an apartment versus a house. If that home is filled with love and, the, and, the, and the, the compassion of God and the joy of the Lord, they won't even know that there was anything different. And I know that if you'll look after the things that matter to God, He'll take care of those things. The Lord will open doors. The Lord will take care of those things. So don't get caught up in worrying about what you'll eat and what you'll drink and what you'll put on for clothing. And maybe your body, we've kind of, yeah, America's been ridiculously obese and all these things. And now we've gone kind of the other way. We've kind of gotten a little ridiculous with some of it. Look, 
worrying about what you eat can't even add one hour to your life. Your life may be better. You may be able to walk, and I can't. <laughs> you can't add an hour to your life. So don't, don't fill your life with things that you, you can't really change and control. Does that make any sense? Don't, Jared, don't worry about politics. <laughs> Speaking exactly. I get so frustrated, and my wife's like, why are you worried? You can't do anything about it. Like, yeah, I can. <laughs> and then I get frustrated. I'm like, my vote gets canceled out by that idiot. <laughs> and they're probably saying the same about me. I can't change that. I can do what I'm called to do, and I can be a good steward and educate myself and vote. But then it's up to the Lord. The Lord is the one who raises up and puts down. Well, I'm not saying all this. Where our treasure is, our heart will be. If my treasure is what kind of shoes I'm wearing, you know, it's really ridiculous. My son is all of a sudden only liking Nike. I'm like, son, you do, you do realize that every bit of clothing in our country, is ma- they're all the same. There's like four different factories, basically, that make all the clothes. And it goes from that factory, it's all the same, to a different factory. And they just put a little swoosh on there and charge you $20 more. It's <laughs> the truth. Now, I have to agree, a lot of the Nike stuff looks cooler with the little swoosh on it than the champion brand from Target or whatever it is. What does it matter? Let's go after things that really matter. So will you do something? Will you take an assessment with your family? I mean, I, I say this a lot, and, and it's up to you whether or not you do it, but will you take an assessment? Say, are we investing in the things that really matter? Are we investing in things that are eternal? Or are we wasting our time? For where our treasure is, our heart will be, our energy will be. I just, I know it's true. And if just a few of us light up, then the whole place is going to light up. I know it. I know it to be true. You guys are awesome. If you want prayer, I want to pray for you. It's a safe place. It's a safe place. It's a place of healing. So if you need something, don't leave. All right? You guys are awesome. We bless you. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a nice time with your sweetheart. Right.